From Indiana Public Radio and Ball State University, this is The Scene, the show that captures live music right from our own backyards and brings it straight to you. I'm your host, Jacob Holtzman, and this week we are going to be showcasing the awesome talent of Galaxy News Radio. A local band from Anderson, Galaxy News Radio consists of Aiden Sturgeon on guitar, Hayden Renner on bass, Caleb Davis on guitar, and Jack Renner on drums, with Aiden, Caleb, and Hayden all singing vocals. The scene was lucky enough to not only get to record them in Ball State's MMP studios, but we also got to sit down with them for an interview to catch up and learn more about the band. This episode is solely focused on our interview, so let's go ahead and dive right in. Yeah, no. Well, thank you guys for sitting down with me. So I have um, Galaxy News Radio here on the Zoom. Three are in one room. One is on an island stranded outside of Seattle, but we're all making it work. <laughs> the power of Zoom and the online changes post-pandemic that have allowed us to meet this way. So why don't we just start with, let's go ahead and have everyone introduce themselves. My name is Hayden. I play the bass for Galaxy News Radio. I also sing too, and I'm kind of a cool guy, and yeah, so. <laughs> I play the drums, and I'm a, I'm a pretty chill guy. Hello, uh, I'm Aiden, and uh, I play guitar, and I also sing. I am Caleb Davis. I also sing and play guitar, and yeah, I'm, I like to party. Why don't we just start with some of the origins of the band? Like, how did Galaxy News Radio come together? <laughs> I graduated high school in 2018, and I was like, man, I think it'd be really cool to start a band just like my older brother. And so I called my friends that were in a band and just sort of got them on board. So has it always been this four as the core lineup? No, it started like me and Caleb were just around in his bedroom pretty much. And then it's just expanded since then. Yeah, and uh, since I'm, I was in close proximity, especially over, um, you know, before the pandemic, uh, they released uh, their first album, um, Blip, in 2019, um, and so I was just in really close proximity to that album, just hearing mixes and hearing the songs and seeing, you know, their first performance at uh, Be Here Now uh, in Muncie. Um, I was just like, I I love their music. You know, I've been in bands with Caleb since we were, you know, super young. Yeah, middle. sixth grade. <laughs> and um you know we just I, I just really loved their sound i'm like i just want to help you guys i just want to like you play the music with you guys help you bring the 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 music that's on the album like to live because they just played as a duo uh, just guitar you know keyboard and like their two voices so oh so i didn't know that and we're gonna get into that a little later when we kind of talk about the studio recordings but blip is just um hayden and caleb kind of Buddy Gabe played drums on it, but he's kind of like the ghost drummer for a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of the tracks. And then Caleb and Jack can also join in on drums too. Oh wow! Okay, so Hayden or Caleb, this question is kind of for either of you. Um, what were sort of some of the influences for the band, and how did you how did you kind of settle into the genre? I wanted to make the first album after I heard um, the album "Cosmic Thrill Seekers" by Prince Daddy mm-hmm. and Hyena. I was really into it. And so I was like, oh, this is the coolest shit I ever heard. And uh, I tried to emulate a lot of that, especially in the first two songs. 
And I more or less regret doing that. I don't know. We've strayed away from that sort of style a lot. And it's always been sort of just a mixture of whatever we've been into at the time. Both Hayden and I have kind of made songs on our own. So we kind of got together and like, we should make a collaborative kind of album. But then we also wanted to write stuff together instead of just like our own separate songs. So we started making Strawberry Scented Flower into Blip. And it wasn't two separate tracks at that point. But we had just made that long song. And we, I remember we were just like, this is awesome. And then we split it into two songs and then just compiled our other songs. So I feel like that song or those two songs is a good kind of start for the band. Why do you regret um, relating them to that band? Uh, not necessarily relating them to that band. It was just more like, I don't know, you listen to yourself from a few years ago and you're like, oh, why was I doing that? Just sort of cringing at yourself. Like particularly uh, for Strawberry Scented Flark? Yeah. Yeah. Spe- yeah. What about that track do you not like? I don't know. Trying to be something I wasn't. That's all it was. People love it live, though. Yeah. But we do it pretty different live, though. And that's kind of cool because that's actually what I wanted to... I mean, that's really one of the main reasons for our interview is the stuff that we're showcasing on the scene this week is not necessarily from blip or kind of hazy, but its own interpretation of the two via some studio recordings we did together. This was my first big question from that was how do you feel that blip and kind of hazy differ from each other? And I've kind of discovered through myself that well, one of the big differences is that two of the members of the band weren't even on the first album at that time. Um, how does how does something like that, how does the adding the members really change your sonic color? Well, Aiden joining in really helped us focus on like being as productive as we could and like doing things in a more consistent manner. If that makes sense for Blip. We were just sort of, hey, I wrote this song. All right, let's record it. And then we'd just be done with it. But then for kind of hazy, we had more of like set sessions where we would all get together, be like, okay, we're going to record this now. We're going to record this now. going to record this now. And we were just trying to keep like a continuity of sound. So there was, a, there, was a, there was one day, especially because this album was written over the pandemic. So all of us were just stuck, you know, together in our own little bubble. So we would just get over, you know, here in Hayden's house and we would just lay down tracks for hours for, for drums uh, for the songs on the album. And we would all just do that, just try to get like a more cohesive sound than maybe it was like on Blip. For me, at least the mixing was much better on the second one, just because I hadn't had the knowledge I had on the first album, as well as um, there's a lot of songs that we either wrote all by ourselves and then kind of gave to the band. However, we still collaborated more. Like mm-hmm. even if we wrote a full song, everyone would kind of play their part usually. And Caleb has been the, the mix engineer and the, just like, you know, for, for all of it, yeah. for all of the songs, like he's, he's mixed all of the, both albums. So, yeah. And so, I mean, that kind of speaks to what you were talking about. Like Hayden, you mentioned that sometimes you, you don't look back at old music creations as fondly as you remember looking at them when you recorded them. And it probably then helps you, Caleb, to be able to mix both albums. Cause you just, you slowly learn from each one what to do better, what like what you did worse, what you did better. And so it definitely helps that sophomore experience sometimes with those second albums. Oh, yeah. And I, I think it's helped my kind of I still feel like mixes take me forever. But I think it's given me more of like a realistic idea of like how long it takes to finish a project. 
Cause like you can never get an idea for like how long it's going to take you to finish it after you like try a project and then look back and be like, how long did that take me? <laughs> That's okay. It took me many hours to, <laughs> to mix these recordings. So I completely understand. I was in the studios a lot. So we, we've kind of talked about how the albums differ from each other. And you've actually mentioned this yourselves with Strawberry Scented Flarp. Um, but how do you feel the live interpretations of your songs differ from the original album cuts? Do you have a favorite way you like, do you feel your music's more intended to be listened to live or are they just kind of two different realms that can both be enjoyed simultaneously? I'd say different realms for me. For sure. When we're like recording things and we're listening to mixes, a lot of times we'll be like, Ooh, you know what? We should add like a synth part here. Or like we'll get like, I don't know, we'll just get a lot more creative in the studio. But then when we're playing it live, I don't know. We just don't have the manpower to really fully create the sound that we that we have in the studio, which isn't a bad thing because I think we come off as more of a of a rock band on stage than we do in our albums. Right. Because yeah. we write rock songs. Right. So we like play rock songs. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. And for like effects, like, like on in a recording, you might like put different effects on various things. But on live sound, you either have like a different effect or like the same effect, but it'll be the same thing for the whole time. So the effects of it, the timing of the hits and everything, it's all a little different. And Jack, of course, because I don't think Jack, you were in was it two two song recordings? I was I've been on one recording and it was for the most recent album. It was on Y. So personally, playing live shows versus recordings is a little different because Caleb was playing drums on all of pretty much all of kind of hazy it's like of course you're going to get different feelings and different sections of songs based on what member of the band is playing a different instrument that sort of thing yeah and so well then that that's kind of interesting um the studio recording we did was kind of then this perfect amalgamation of both your studio recordings but then we tracked everything live. And so it was still really that live sound feel everyone has. I mean, it's interesting for myself to know that that's like, those are some of the recordings with Jack on drums instead um, for the majority of kind of hazy rather. And so it automatically is going to give those songs a different feel than maybe the studio recordings have just because you have, you have different personnel on it, even though technically that member is still here. He just wasn't doubling up on guitar and drums. Well, and then especially on uh, even on kind of hazy and especially on blip, a lot of those songs, um, some of those, a lot of those guitar parts I didn't write. It was, it was mostly Caleb. And then he would stack like three or four, like solo guitars on top of each other. So I would just have to figure out what, what's the most kind of like prominent thing that's catching your ear and try to bring that to the live, you know, the live recording. Mm -hmm. It was also much more realistically meshed together because in the studio, like, we would make the part and then just record it as best we could right there. And that would be the final version. But when we recorded in the studio, I think we had been simmering on like the knowledge of those songs for such a long time in our own performances of it, that it all just came back in a more like together in realistic way. Right. It's come off <laughs> yeah. like a real long line of shows. So we were like, we had, and we had played like six shows leading up to yeah. that like within that span of that month from when we recorded that to like previous yeah i mean you guys had played be here now the night before if if i'm correct absolutely yeah 
Yeah, so I mean, I think this is cool. It, it definitely, um, the, it gives the work we did together a little more insight. And I really, I think that's cool. And I think our listeners will appreciate that. I hope you guys appreciate it too. I think the sessions came out, you know, really good. And I'm happy that we get to share them with everyone. Yeah, it's been great working with you, Jake. Mm-hmm. You're an amazing audio engineer. Um, and just like the, the, the post process of like, going through all of the analog equipment and being like, do we like the sound? Do we like the saturation that we put on the drums and all that kind of stuff is just really helpful and a very nice uh, process to do. That's like outside of the band. And, you know, we're able to like, uh, just get, you know, external input and like ears on it, which is nice. Yeah. I, it was, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate the kind words. It's always, always thoughtful. Aiden always knows how to butter me up. So (laughs) it's appreciated. We recorded a lot of songs that day in a pretty short. I mean, it was a full day, but we got um, seven songs done, but two of them were kind of double songs, if you, if you will. Um, what were some of your guys' favorites from that day? Love Me to Death and Still Need It. I don't know. Every time I play yeah. that song, it's just one of my favorites to play. And that's just different from the out, like the recordings because in the recordings, they're two separate times. And like I think on especially like still needed. I did most of the parts. So it's, it's just different, especially to hear all together flowing together. It's really nice. I think a, a personal favorite of mine, of course, Strawberry Center Flarp, just love playing that song. It gets me hyped every single time. Um, but um, especially um, Sleeping on the Floor. My favorite, of a lot of people who, who listen to our music, it's just, it just, there's an intensity, but it's also a lullaby at the same time. I don't know. It's just, I just love hearing it live and just getting us all in the room. I really enjoyed Strawberry Scented Flarp from our recordings together. I thought that was a really fun one. Um, I think the the final mix really came out nice and fun. Hayden's vocals got a nice little distorted sheen to it. That's fun. <laughs> but So one of the things I really thought was cool of our recording together um, was that, and just um, Galaxy News Radio is a band in general, is that you guys have three different singers singing lead um at random it sometimes feels like you you just have multiple um songs where maybe it's Aiden maybe it's Hayden or maybe it's Caleb was is that related to who wrote the song or do you guys assign parts or how does that work whenever we do harmonies we just whoever can sing which part the easiest gets that part but yeah yeah whoever wrote the song gets to sing the song because we're all vocalists, yeah. you know, we all like to sing. Mm-hmm. And so, it's good for creative freedom, I feel like. Because when you write a song, it's hard to kind of, I mean, unless you make a riff or something, but when you write a song, you naturally kind of just make words over it. I want to say that's <laughs> interesting about having three different singers is that not only when you hear their voices on the songs, because they all, all three of them have very different voices, but when you listen to, like, the instrumentation and just the overall performance, you can kind of tell on an album what song is written by who. I don't know if that's exactly what they're going for, but I just think it's kind of cool. <laughs> well, I, I think that's um, I think that's a common thing. I mean, relating to probably one of the biggest bands with three singers, obviously the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see George back there. He's, he's smiling at me, <laughs> but... Um, I mean, you can normally tell when, you know, it's a Paul song or a John song or a George song. So I think that just says something to how we all express ourselves creatively. It can be hard have George write like Paul or have Aiden write like Hayden. 
I don't, but I think it's important that we have those differing sounds. I don't think they need to necessarily sound the same every time. For sure. And I think if we were all writing our own parts in specifically like on one instrument, we would get that, you know, typical like cohesion in all our songs that would flow nicely. But the way it is now, I love the creativity of it because we can definitely be more creative in how the song flows if we're all kind of, you know, giving into the production of every song because you'll get that versatility in four minds. <laughs> so not not to pit one album against the other, but do you feel like that um, has made kind of Hazy a favorite because it has more of that every every person was like working on their piece of the song rather than it just being you, Caleb, and you, Hayden, who were like kind of creating the whole piece together? I, I definitely think so. I like Kinda Hazy a lot more just because, you know, we were all together doing everything together. And it just, I don't know, Blip is, I don't know, Blip is like, it has some good songs. It has some good Humble songs. Beginning. And all the songs on it, we had all just been really like ready to release. Like we were very involved in the songs before the release. We were just kind of like, we're ready for all of these songs to be on this mm-hmm. album <laughs> and get out finally. <laughs> well, well, album well, three. Oh, sorry, album three no, to be even more so like that. Oh, just yeah. because, just because of, like there was that transition period where a lot of the songs were written and parts were written, but like even it's it's just going to get more more meshed on the third album. Yeah. Do you have a timeline for album three or is it still in the process? Not at all. Summer twenty. In the summer, it will be in production. <laughs> I, would like yes. to, I would like to say it's mostly written and that's all I can say. For Yeah, it's probably album. mostly written and it's just going to be all recording. Yeah, and then the gig songs as well. But I think that's cool how you've grown through your albums and I think that's something that's important as a band I don't think any band can walk out there and be like at their true form when they first start so it's neat to see how you guys have grown and how you're able to look back and um, creatively critique your original stuff it's kind of neat how you're also going to be able to look back at kind of hazy as a um, testament or a like a flash like a flashpoint moment of this time we've been in the past two years like it's specifically something that happened during covid during the pandemic is that something you guys think about often or like just something that's a nice little aside to it yeah no i definitely see that especially because uh even though it was the second album i feel like down the line it's going to be seen as almost kind of like a first album because it's the first album where it was like a full band's work i think blip in essence is kind of like me and hayden were trying to write a bunch of stuff it's the ep before the exactly yeah right blip was more of like a song dump it was it was a blip it's it's what a blip is it it was a moment in time yeah kind of hazy during the pandemic i don't know i like i wrote a lot of the songs during that first initial lockdown a lot of my songs anyway well i only wrote my songs i'm sorry anyway no, but yeah, the, you can tell through some of the lyrics, maybe a little bit if you listen closely, like, oh, oh, he was going through this right now. I can tell. I can tell. That's when he wrote it. Well, that's going to be an interesting thing, just looking back at this period about all the musicians and art and artists that were that created art during this time of COVID, because it all will have an incredibly common thread to it. Um, 
and I remember early on people people talking about that and saying that it's just going to be oh we don't want to see COVID art or or COVID music anymore or songs about you know like lockdown and stuff like that but honestly I think it's just going to be an interesting um, conglomerate of art and music and theater that we can look back on and see like wow that was really crazy well thankfully we are we are almost out of the pandemic i know delta and omicron have stuck around to, to remind us multiple times that it's not over but we have been able to have tours and live shows again and that's obviously been a big part of your guys's band so I was wondering if you guys wanted to talk about some of the recent shows you've had. I know you've been performing at Healer. You've been at Be Here Now. What What's that been like? Yeah, I mean, like last uh, this past fall, I mean, we we went out, uh, did a, at least me and Caleb, me Caleb's first out of state gig since we've play, been playing music together, um, which was really yeah. cool experience. We up, went up to uh, Ferndale, Michigan, um, uh, played at the pub, you know, the the public Pleasant Underground. Yep. Um, which mm-hmm. was a great time and then we came down and hit the ruin um and fort wayne and you know we've been playing gigging at be here now of course um uh, you know connecting with the, the 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 old scene and you know shaking hands with the uh, audio discrepancies and the guys in muncie right now uh, which was really fun um, but yeah be here now um healer is a great spot and shout out to somewhere like the season they're from detroit they got us the gig at the pleasant underground they're mm-hmm. an amazing electro pop band I, I don't even know what to describe them as listening to them earlier today yep for me it's really satisfying that like at the beginning we we're trying to get our name in the scene and we we're kind of just like new kind of you know starter band but now our name's kind of floating around yeah your name's on the scene right now so i think that that says that you're that you're in the scene so <laughs> i think it all works out the scene this is the scene the <laughs> we scene. made it <laughs> No, but there's, I mean, uh, the bands that we played with at, um, in Muncie, like Dana Scully and the Tiger Sharks, mm. you know, and all those people, they're great people. They're, they've been playing in the music scene for a long time. And it's just great to see, especially like Dana Scully, like they're, they're like, they're just, they're kicking off with like uh, playing around out of state. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I just think it's interesting how, and this is something I've seen with lots of bands I've talked to throughout Indiana where um they'll all help each other out it's not a competitive environment it's a really nurturing environment and so how summer like the season helped you find um an opportunity to go play live shows in michigan and then how you're talking about getting to you know meet and hang out with audio discrepancies it's always been this really neat collective attitude that i think permeates throughout indiana music and it's something i think that's really cool about the scene here absolutely i think the collaboration of the bands is like the scene itself. And that's why it's so important. Cause like, for instance, like here in Seattle, here's these, you know, venues that will be there forever and people are competing to get in them. But then in Indiana, it's like, we're the bands and we're basically trying to create a place to play music or like find someone's house to play at or like, you know, schedule something as the bands. So I think that is interesting. Cause it's, it's a scene for sure, but it has to do with, you know, bands wanting to perform for people, not like, bands competing to, to get in a venue right it's less less uh i don't know it's not it's it doesn't seem like a super competitive like market it's more more yeah like you said a little more mature for sure yeah, it's like about having fun meeting new people having a good time playing good tunes yeah no i especially um around the muncie area i mean there used to be a house venue called the sauna that always had house shows 
And now it sounds um, like there's a new place called the Litter Box who's kind of taken on um, that like spot in Muncie to have nice house show venues. And before the sauna, um, there was uh, the basement. Oh, the, there was a third. Okay. Well, there uh, Goats of Sweden. When we, when we were in Goats of Sweden, we played down there and they had house shows all the time. They had Basement Palooza. Um, and actually, the guy that uh, that hosts the show is in um, is in uh, um, the cat band. Um, Porch Cat? Porch Cat. Oh, <laughs> the jazz cat band. <laughs> of course, it's Porch Cat. <laughs> no, and yeah, I mean, just like that, right there is where we're talking about another Indiana band that's been very influential in helping the Muncie scene expand and just Indiana musicians expand themselves. 100%, absolutely. And you guys kind of um, helped showcase a lot of Indiana music with the festival you guys held last summer. Do you guys want to talk about that a little? Yeah, it's it's at my house, and it's just a shed that's very conveniently placed in our yard. So, I mean, I think it was a collaborative kind of like, you should just play shows here. <laughs> it, is it the shed that's the front of Blip? Yes. Oh, oh it, no, no, no. It's, no, different, it's different. close it's to there. there. Same yard. More like a barn. The shed, is, <laughs> that shed is like right next to it pretty yes. much. Mm-hmm. However, however, when people do come, they're like, that's the Blip shed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody wants to take their picture in front of it. They're like, no, but the the <laughs> shows that we put on there, it's it's awesome. It's a bunch of we try to get as many um, you know, Anderson Muncie based people. Um there there's a nice uh scene in Anderson where it's just like we we love like pushing those people up. So, you know, we I mean we've had like Joshua Powell play at the shed before, um you know, a bunch of Nicholson file, um uh bloodlines or Katie Joe from Bloodlines, wonderful person, um, you know, Doctra and all the all those great people that are like really have strong ties to the Muncie Anderson music scene. So and I mean you even had some bands at your last festival who had already been on the scene. So it was it was kind of cool to see that crossover. Sick boy method, they're they're great people. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Oh he's been kicked again. Yeah he he'll he'll be back. Unfortunately, they did not come back as Caleb had to run to the ferry so he wasn't stranded for an entire night on the island. While the interview ended slightly prematurely, we all had a great time and I really learned a lot from the band. I'm really looking forward to sitting back down with them in the future, so hopefully there are no castaways next time. Until then though, take care and we will see you then. Major support from the scene comes from Ball State, Ball State's music media production program, our underwriters, and listeners like you who support their local public radio station. Our show is produced entirely by Ball State students, Paul Butler, Abigail Beish, Liam Van Overwall, and myself for the show's producers and engineers. Gabe Waz, our booking and communications coordinator. This episode was produced and mixed by me, your host, Jacob Holtzman. To find out more about the bands and venues we feature on the scene, visit our website, indianapublicradio.org slash the scene, where you can learn more about the program and listen to our episode archive. Again, that's at indianapublicradio.org slash the scene. Also, If you'd like to keep up with what we're up to next, follow our Facebook page. Just search for The Scene from Indiana Public Radio and find us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at The Scene on IPR. We're also on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you find your podcasts. Give The Scene from Indiana Public Radio a search to add us to your favorite podcasting app. Thanks for being with us and join us again next time to hear what's happening in The Scene here on The Scene. (laughs) 